This morning we're going to continue in our series in James. I'm excited about this. How many of you enjoyed the James series so far? Come on, tell me something good. Show me a hand. How many of you enjoyed James? Good, good, good. Four of you. It's working. Today we're talking about dynamic faith. How many of you want some dynamic faith? Isn't that just like a good word, dynamic? I mean, when I think about myself, I don't think about dynamic. Right? I mean, there was this one time I, I sold a, an outboard motor and the, the guy and I got into a fight on an email. And after convincing him I still wanted to sell the outboard motor, he drove from New Orleans and came to my house. And he said some pretty strong things in the email. But, buddy, when he drove up at my house and I come walking out from underneath the carport, I think he understood dynamic because he was nice. Hey, man, listen, brother, that email, you know, (laughs) emails are hard to understand. I'm like, brother, it's okay, man. It's okay. Dynamic, dynamic faith. So, well, so far in this series, we've been talking about some great things. We've been talking about trials and temptations. We've been talking about listening and doing last week we talked about prejudices i mean if you enjoyed that message last week how jesus has never exampled prejudice to us it was never given to us by jesus to be discriminating or to have a prejudice right we talked about how jesus on the one hand touched the leper and healed him turned around and touched a very rich roman centurion he didn't touch him but he spoke a word over his servant And healed him. Jesus was not prejudiced. Right? So neither should we be. Right? Because he's not impressed by what you have or have not in your checking account. He's not impressed by the tags on your clothes. Right? He's not impressed. He's not prejudiced. And he doesn't want us to be prejudiced. And I I shared with you even a prophecy that we had that wrecked people are going to be coming into this church. And some of them are going to be wrecked, dressed nicely, and some of them are going to be wrecked, dressed poorly. And you know what? They're all welcome. And the fastest way to get kicked out of this church is to unwelcome somebody that comes in how you didn't expect them to come in. Amen? If they stink, pray for them. Right? Because Jesus loves them. So we talked about prejudice and, and, and it's, it's said that James is, the, is like the, the New Testament Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. How many of you have gained that so far that, that James, I mean, he's not sugarcoating any of this. James just comes out and I mean, it's like he gives you one little introduction. I'm James, a servant of God and the brother of Jesus. <laughs> now, let's go. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that's, that's how this book is. And it really feeds into me because that's how I tend to be too. And if you know me, you can say amen. Thank you. <clears throat> but James is like a spiritual deep GPS. It gives us direction for our destination. James is talking to believers and he's, he's telling the church how they need to act, what they need to do, how they need to believe. He's just getting the record straight. He's saying, look, we got to do something while we're here. This is how we need to do it. How many of you know that's good instruction? Amen. Right? If I tell you to go dig a ditch, it would be good for me to show you where I want the ditch dug. To tell you how deep and how wide, right? Good. Saves me a lot of frustration. So James chapter 2 is where we're at today. Turn with me to to verse 14. Or you can read it on the screen. 
The title on, on mine is, is Faith Without Good Deeds is Dead, but the title of today's message is Dynamic Faith. Verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day and stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Say useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith. Others have good deeds. In other words, some of you might say, well, I got lots of faith. I just don't do real good with the good deeds. And some of you might say, well, I got plenty of good deeds. I'm just not real good with the faith. I'll continue reading. But he says this, he says, but, how, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Look at how he says that. Well, good for you. That's almost like a shat baby. Seriously. He's like, you, you think you have faith because you believe there's one God. Well, good for you. Then watch, he's going to hit you in the nose. Even the demons believe. You see how James just pulled that on you? Huh? Even the demons believe this and they, they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that your ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Imagine you without any breath in your lungs. You won't imagine long. Right? So is your faith without good works. Amen? Faith is a belief in something that has corresponding action behind it. In other words, faith is that you believe in something, but that something and that faith that you put into that something should cause an action to happen. Right? For some of you, when you met Jesus, you believed God for a front row parking spot at Walmart. And you got it. I just want to know what happened. Most of you got into a car this morning and put your key into the ignition and just went ahead and cranked it, assuming or having faith that it was going to start. Right? And then you grabbed the column and you shifted it into gear in faith that it was going to bring you to church. Right now, for some of you, that was a 50 50 proposition. You were praying, Lord, I pray this car start. Some of you were sweating it, but all of you walked into this church this morning. How many of you examined the chair before you sat in it? How many of you kind of picked it up? How many of you pulled this number right here? You just kind of went.
Nobody? You had faith in that chair. That when you sat, it was going to hold you. Right? This is a freebie. Some of us, when God tells us something, we want to do this. Yeah, but Lord, uh, I don't know, God. You know, I mean, this is kind of scary. I mean, you know, it's, I don't know, Lord, I've never done that before. You sure? Booyah. Jamie, I want you to pack your bags and go find Bubba and ask him what he needs and help him. Who? Who's that? Jamie, I want you to believe for the, the wrecked and hurting people in this community. I want you to, I'm going to fill your church with those people. They're the people that no other church in town wants. Really? But, but Lord, what about the rich people? You know, Lord, we got bills. I mean, look, we got bills, Lord. I mean, I need some folk with some money, Lord. Don't worry about that, son. You take care of mine, I'm going to take care of yours. In other words, just sit in the chair. Just sit in the chair, son. Just trust me. Faith without deeds is dead. James even says it's useless. You mean it's useless to be a Christian and not ever do anything? Is that what you're saying, James? Are you saying that it's useless to say that I believe in God but never do anything? Are you saying I'm dead? Well, the Bible said that when I gave my life to Christ, I was alive. Yeah, but you were alive, but then you died because you didn't do anything. Jesus didn't die on the cross for you to sit on your blessed assurance. He died on the cross for you to tell somebody, to love somebody, to do something to somebody, and to be kind to somebody. He expected you to put some action behind your faith. He wants you to do something. He loves you whether you do something or not. You got, you got that? That doesn't make you any better in his eyes when you do something. I told you, he made up his mind long ago how much he loves you. But he wants you to do something. And I believe that's what James is telling the church in this time. He's saying, you're going to have to do something. Your faith should cause something to happen. Amen? James is trying to get the church to realize that. And and for us as Christians, it's important that we have faith. Okay, we got to start somewhere. So let's start with faith. We got to have faith, right? You know, in Hebrews, the Bible actually says it is impossible to please God without faith. Wow. It's impossible to please God if I don't have faith. So you got to have something. We got to start somewhere. Okay. And listen, wherever you're at today, it's okay. We're just not going to stay there. Right. I'm going to preach my guts out so you don't stay there. So faith is central in our lives, but should never be without actions. James 2.14 says that what, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, 
but don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? God wants us to find the balance between faith and works. They got to work together, right? Two weeks ago, I shared with you an example of a bicycle. How many of you had a bicycle when you were a kid? That's it? You're lying in church. Okay, I just want you to know that. How many of you had, like, I mean, like today, I look around, there's new bicycles everywhere. It's like bicycles have all of a sudden become cheap. I mean, you can go get a bike for, for under 100 bucks. I'm like, wow. I mean, but of course, 100 bucks back in my day was like, wow. Right? So, I mean, everybody's got like a good bike. It's very, it's very seldom I see somebody with a broke down looking bike riding down the road anymore. Because if they ain't got one, they'll go steal yours. Right? But how many of you had a bike that had a few problems? Maybe a bent rim. You know, you cruising down the road and the front wheels kind of walk, 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 or the back and you kind of get this going on. You ever do that? That was kind of funny. Just kind of like, especially if you had the right song on, you know, you get it with the beat. Anyway, but how many of you ever, has anybody ever lost a pedal on your bike? How many of you lost a pedal before? Maybe the pedal broke. How many of you lost a plastic or whatever it was on the pedal? All you had was the little bar. Remember, and you want to ride your bicycle barefooted, but what would happen, that, that little thing would pinch your foot, right? So then you had to go put shoes on. I mean, dear goodness, who wanted to put shoes on? But you, you, so you, you'd break a pedal or lose a pedal, so you're, you, what you would do to compensate, because you want to keep riding, right? You want to keep up with everybody else, right? You stick one leg out to balance yourself, and you take the other one, and you kind of get this going on right here, right? And you're trying, and man, you're trying to keep up. And it's funny, but you're sweating more than anybody else is, right? You're breathing hard. Like, wait up. Come on, man, wait up. And you try to catch up. And just about the time you catch up, you can't go anymore. Anybody ever do that? My cousins had no mercy on you. You broke a pedal, you were gone. You just soon go home and watch cartoons. I mean, it was over with, Jack. But that's what it's like to have faith without good works. James is telling the church, you got to balance the two. They go together. They're meant to be together to give you balance as a believer, right? Because we've seen sister so-and-so that's got all the faith in the world. It's all on Sunday, right? Pastor Bubba calls her sister teapot because she used to warm up during the worship service. You'd hear first song, she'd be like, whoo. Second song, she's like, whoo. Third song, whoo. And boy, she's about to blow. Here comes the fourth song. Woo! And she'd go running around the church, right? She had plenty of faith. No good deeds. Right? And I know a lot of people that have a lot of good deeds and they don't have an issue doing anything for anybody. Right? I mean, the least little need that they find out about, boom, they're right there. They're meeting that need. But they're lacking in faith. Something breaks down in their life, it's a crisis, right? James is saying you need faith and good works to balance your life as a believer. Come on, somebody, is that good? So let me give you three lifestyles of faith. But before I do that, I'm going to give you 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says this, I want you to hear this. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Okay, so what we're going to do today is a little different. You may have done, never done this in church before, but we're going to do what 2 Corinthians says, and I want you to shift into examination mode. Okay, 
And I want you, as I'm preaching, I want you to examine your heart. And all I'm asking you to do this morning is just be brutally honest with yourself. Okay, because I believe you're going to find yourself in one of these three examples. And wherever you find yourself, I just want to tell you this before we get started. It's okay to be there. Okay, it's okay to be where you're at today. It's just not okay to stay there. Okay, so don't let the devil beat you up. And if you realize that you're in one of the not so good categories and you go, oh, God. Don't let him beat you up. You're where you're at because of whatever reason, but you're not going to stay there today. Right? Is that good? So we're going to examine our hearts this morning. So what 2 Corinthians says. So three lifestyles of faith. Number one, maybe your faith that you have is dead. It's faith that is dead. James 2.17 says, so you see faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. John Calvin said that it's faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies is never alone. Your faith should never be alone. It should always be accompanied with action. We've got two pedals. One's called faith. The other one's called works. We need both of them to have balance. So let me give you two indicators if your faith is dead. Number one, you give lip service, but not lifestyle. That's a good one. Because there's a lot of people with some good lips. Right? Promise you the world. Make it sound good, but no action. When I used to work construction, some of the guys on the crew would say, don't sing it, bring it. In other words, shut up and do your job. James 2, 15 to 16 says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? That's lip service. Not lifestyle. Maybe the second indicator, maybe this is you, you you have leaves, but no fruit. You have leaves, but no fruit. You remember when Jesus met the fig tree? He was looking for some fruit on the fig tree and didn't find it. All he saw was leaves. So he cursed the fig tree. You know what happens when you got a tree that just has leaves and no fruit? It's shady. Right? It's shady. It's not fruity. It's shady. So that's the first lifestyle. Maybe that's where you're at today. That's okay. Listen to me clearly. That's okay to be there today. If your faith is dead, it's okay. It's okay. Don't feel condemned. Don't start getting downtrodden. Don't start sinking in your chair and trying to hide. Don't don't do that. We're not going to stay there today. Maybe number two, you have faith that is deceived. And if the first response you just had in your mind was, I'm not deceived, maybe that's you. Faith that is deceived. James 2.19 says, you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Well, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. (laughs) I ain't gonna lie to you. I love that verse. I mean, it just calls me out, man. It's like, well, I'm glad you believe in God, but so do the demons. Let me give you some signs that maybe you're deceived. Number one is you have knowledge with no change. 
You can tell me all about God, but you sure can't act like him. You have knowledge, but no change. You say, I'm not going to do anything different. That's kind of your attitude. I'm not changing. I've, I've changed as much as I want to change. When I'm ready to change, I'll change some more. You know, that's a rebellious spirit. You know what I'm saying? You're still trying to be in control of your life. Right? No, 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 God. Uh-uh. I'm done with that. I'm going to change when I'm ready to change. Maybe this is you. You have no love for Jesus. Well, pastor, what do you mean? You have no love for Jesus. You're not doing anything because you don't realize how much he loves you and you don't love him. Because you see, when you understand how much he loves you, it causes you to do something. Amen. It causes you to when you're in a healthy, life giving relationship with Jesus, something should be turning in the engine of your heart. A piston should start firing pretty soon. Or C, maybe you have rebellion with no repentance. Maybe you're just like, you know what? I like being a part of the team. I don't care if I never play in a game, but I just want to be on the team. Just in case we make it to the Super Bowl, I can be with everybody else at the Super Bowl. Can I tell you, when I gave my life to Jesus, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have salvation and go hide in the woods. I didn't want to have to deal with people. I didn't want to be tempted. Right? Because you don't get tempted in the woods, right? I was an idiot. Rebellion with no repentance. If that's you today, if your faith is deceived, that's okay. We're not going to stay there. We're going to change. Maybe you find yourself here today where number three, you have faith that is dynamic. Faith that is dynamic, it's living, it's active, it's dynamic, it's getting us to our destination. Maybe that's you today. If that's you, listen, I'm excited for you. But let me warn you, don't stop. Just because you realize today, oh, I'm a good boy. I got some dynamic faith. I can kick back and put it on cruise control till till Jesus comes back. Uh Uh-uh. You just took the bait Satan put in front of you. It don't matter the color of your hair. If your hair is white, black, brown, or void. You're called to do something until Christ comes back. Come on, your last days should be your greatest days. You should have the attitude, I'm going out in a blaze of glory. Come on, I'm on fire till Jesus comes back. That's dynamic faith. James 2.22 says, you see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Well, that's good. It was his actions that completed his faith. Because you can tell somebody all day long you gave your life to Jesus. But if they don't ever see something change and they don't ever see you motivated to love them or to act different or to do something think that's the problem with the world today too many people run around saying they're saved and not acting like they're saved abraham's justification was that was because he believed in god and his belief in god was a was was incomplete without his actions think about abraham on the one hand god says to abraham i'm going to make your descendants 
as many as the grains of sand on the seashore. In other words, that's how many kids you're going to have. That's your descendants. And then on the other hand, he says, I want you to take the one you waited 99 years for and go crucify him. Huh? Abraham was justified because he did it. Trusting what God had also says that that also said that his descendants would be as many as the grains of sand on the seashore. You see, he didn't waver in what God said the first time because of what God said the second time. You with me? He didn't he didn't not believe that he was going to have descendants as many as the grains of sand just because God said, go and sacrifice your first one. He went because he still believed that. Come on, somebody. He went because he still believed that he was going to have as many descendants as the grains of sand on the seashore. So he took his first one at 100 years old or whatever. And he goes and he, he, he brings him to sacrifice. Right? Faith is, you might want to write this down. Faith is not believing in spite of evidence. Faith is obeying in spite of consequences. Faith is not believing in spite of evidence. Faith is obeying in spite of consequences. You see, that's where Abraham was. In spite of the consequences, in spite of I got one. Now I got to give one. You with me? He didn't waver. He believed James two seventeen says, so you see faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. So what does dynamic faith look like? I'm glad you asked that question. Number one, dynamic faith is a faith that steps out. It's a faith that steps out. I think about Peter, Peter stepped out, right? The thing I love about Peter is he was the only one audacious enough to ask Jesus if he could walk on the water. Think about that. All the mother chickens still in the boat and he's walking on water. Right? When's the last time you asked God for something crazy? When was your last walk on the water moment with God? That you stepped out to believe him for something that you've never done before. Or stepped out to believe him for something that everybody said you couldn't do. Abraham had to take steps to do what God said. He had to get wood. He had to load the mule. He had to get his servants. He had to bring the the lighter. He um, He had to get the knife. Right? He had to bring all these things. He had to make preparations to do what God told him to go do. Right? That's stepping out. I know people right now that are packing their bags and getting their homes ready to sell because they, they, they heard God say, you need to get your stuff ready because you're about to move. So what do they do? They start going through their stuff. Now, you know, if you're like, not like us, we're not that bad. If you're like my dad, that might be a one year process. Okay. My dad's a white Sanford and son. It's for real. I mean, the brother had four storage buildings just for his junk. Anybody else like that? We'll pray for you. 
But you got to make some preparations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to, you got to, maybe you need to step out and do something. And for somebody here today, God's already told you. In fact, he's continuing to tell you to step out into something, but you're just too scared. And you're not willing to put any action behind it. He's a gracious God. If you're not ready to pack your bags and take off running, he's okay. He'll be gracious to you. Right, baby? He'll be gracious. Dynamic faith is faith that steps out. The woman with the issue of blood stepped out, didn't she? You know, if she didn't step out and reach for the the hem of Jesus' garment, she wouldn't have been healed that day. She got her miracle when she stepped out. The other guy on the cross with Jesus stepped out, not literally, but he stepped out, right? And because he stepped out and said, Lord, would you save me? He's in eternity. You talk about the last minute. I mean, think about that. She go, cool, that dude just got in. Anyway. Seriously. Where's God calling you to step out today? Maybe you need to make a phone call or write a letter. Or maybe you need to quit something. Maybe you need to throw something down. Dynamic faith is faith that steps out. Number two, dynamic faith speaks out. Dynamic faith speaks out. It's funny, James uses Rahab as an example. If you know the story of Rahab, I'll give you the quick version. She was a prostitute in Jericho. And Joshua sent the spies in to go spy the land. And, and, and Jericho, the city of or the, the, the kingdom of Jericho or the, whatever it was, already knew that the Israelites were coming and they already had fear in them that they were going to come. OK, so Rahab, a prostitute. Takes in these two spies that Joshua sent to spy the land out because they, their cover was blown, basically. So they need a place to hide. So they go into the prostitute's house to hide. Pro, did I say she was a prostitute? Did I say? Okay, I just wanted you to know she was a prostitute. So they're hiding in a prostitute's house. And the officials come because they hear that they're at Rahab's house. Right? So they come knocking on the door. And what does Rahab say? Oh, they're not here anymore. They left. Yeah, they were here, but they left. Nope, they're not. Maybe you can catch them before they get back to where they're going. But they're not here. They were hiding up on the roof or something like that. Right? So once the officials leave and they go chasing after the two spies, Rahab climbs up on the roof. Did I tell you she was a prostitute? The prostitute's on the roof with the two spies. Let's see what the prostitute says. She makes a confession. She says something out of her mouth that I want you to get today. Look at what she says. Very simple. Joshua 2.9. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. Rahab spoke out. Rahab 
saved her entire family by what she said. This is big. I want you to understand that this is big. Rahab, it it actually goes on. If you want to read it when you get home, read it when you get home. She says some other things that are pretty dynamic. I'll sum it up for you. She basically says, we are all afraid because we know that the Lord God is with y'all. We've been watching y'all since y'all got out of Egypt. It's been all over the news. We've seen it. We've seen every news. We've seen when the, when, the, when, the, when the sea was parted and you went across. We saw in the news when, when, the, when the, the manna was coming out of heaven and water was coming from rocks. We saw it. And we're afraid. And she said, I know that the Lord has given you this land. I want to make a deal. Come on. She was motivated. Some of you need to get motivated. Some of you, she was motivated because she wanted to save her own hide, right? And she wanted to save her family. You need to be motivated to save your family. Come on. She said, I know God's giving you this land, but let's make a deal. (laughs) I love people like that. Always got something in their back pocket, right? Let's make a deal. I tell you what, I won't tell anybody where you're at. If when y'all come and take this land, you save me and my family. You see that? Me and my brothers and sisters and their family. She wasn't talking about like five people. She was talking about the whole crew. You see, when you believe God, you need to start believing God for the whole crew. Stop believing for just yourself. And believe for the whole crew. Rahab spoke out and because of what she spoke that day, they made a deal and she left a, 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 a garment hanging out the window. And when they came to take Jericho, her and her family were saved. Dynamic faith speaks out. Some of you need to speak to your job. This is a real practical one. Some of you need to speak to your spouse. Literally. Go have a conversation with your wife. That might be a faith step. I don't know who that was for. That was for somebody. Maybe me. Some of you may need to speak to your problems. To your finances. Come on. You need to start speaking to something. If you've ever come to me and asked me or or asked me to pray for you because you're struggling in your job. I'm pretty sure I probably told you something like this. You need to start speaking to it. This is what I learned being in business is that you got to learn how to speak to things. I'm not talking about the name it, claim it, frame it and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about trying to get anything else for myself. You with me? I'm talking about to get whatever's rightfully mine. To get what I want from God. You with me? Not a new Cadillac. I ain't got time for that. Right. But you need to speak. I probably told you this one principle that I learned in being in business was that you need to speak to things. When we were low on work, we didn't have enough work. Me and my business partner would pray and we would speak. We'd pray like this. Lord, I pray from the north, from the south, 
from the east and from the west, Lord, I pray work come in the name of Jesus. If it was money that people owed us or money we didn't have, Lord, I pray money come in the name of Jesus from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Right? I'm not fussing at God about the money. I'm fussing at the money about God. Right? And can I tell you something? Nobody ever went unpaid. And we never not had any work. I don't know about you, but I'm at least going to try. Right? If you don't believe me, try it. Just try it. Speak to something. Go get in your closet by yourself and speak. But you'll never know it works if you keep your mouth shut. So number one, dynamic faith is is faith that steps out. Number two, dynamic faith speaks out. Number three, dynamic faith works out. I'm not talking about at the gym. I'm talking about it works out. It's a process. Sometimes it takes time. Right? I've erred on the side of hyper faith where I believe that you said it now. Five minutes it was coming. I get blue in the face praying. Right now! I try to pull up Pastor Harry going, right now! You ever seen Pastor Harry? That's how he prays for you. Right now. When he prays for you to get healed. Right now. And just like he's an Indian guy. Crazy. I was fanatical like that. Right now, Lord. (laughs) Still had to wait three weeks. Sometimes faith has to work out. Come on, somebody. It's a process. God's going to do something to you in the process. Don't try to skip out on the process. You may need to make a plan. Rahab had a plan. It was a process. Stick with it long enough to see it come to pass. Right? Some of you have quit praying for something because it's taking too long. Don't quit. Start praying again today. Start praying again today. You know, that that speaks to me. You know why? Because I gave up on my family. I gave up on all my uncles. I quit praying for him. Can I just be honest with you? But I realized right now in this moment, the Holy Spirit said, you gave up on your uncles and your aunt. Start again today. Don't give up. Faith is a process. Dynamic faith needs to work out. James 2.26 says that just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Isn't that good? That ought to just clean it all up right there. Philippians 2, 12 to 13. I want to leave you with this verse. It says this, dear friends, you always, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, did you catch that? For God is working in you. Okay. He's working in you, giving you the desire. Huh? He gives you the desire. Now, how gracious is that? 
He gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Man, that's a good God. Right? That's a good God. I want to share a thank you note that one of our life group was, was given and we just got some uh, lanyab gratitude for it as a church. But this, this is one of our life groups. It says, please accept our sincere gratitude and appreciation for your generous support of Central Middle School. We consider you all part of the CMS family. God bless. It's from the principal. It's from the principal. One of our life groups made it a mission and adopted Central Middle School. And we had big plans for the end of the year, but it, we ran out of time and we couldn't get it going. But we got big plans for the beginning of the next year. But we still went and blessed the teachers. Faith without works is dead. Amen. There's a hurting world outside of these walls that need some works. They need some good deeds. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Who's hanging on to the goodness for themselves? The world needs to repent, right? It's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance, right? So you go and sow kindness or gentleness or patience or you speak something good to somebody or give them something. The goodness of God draws men to repentance. It doesn't say the condemnation or the stinginess or the withholding of God draws men to repentance. It's the goodness. And how does the goodness of God get to people? Through believers. Through us, this world right here, this world, it goes from about Basil area down towards Crowley, over towards Lotel, way north of Mamu. This little world that God's given us needs some good deeds. They don't need another preacher. They don't need to hear another scripture. Come on, somebody. They need to see it in action. Amen. Amen. I've preached as much as I can preach to you. 